Welcome to Distressed Situations, a Reed Smith podcast. On this podcast, we cover current issues in financial restructuring over a wide variety of industries. I'm Keith Arzeda, a partner in Reed Smith's Global Restructuring and Insolvency Group, and I'm one of the hosts of this podcast. Whether your company is a financial institution or in industry, we hope our commentary will be useful in managing the risks associated with distress. If you have any questions about our topics, feel free to contact our speakers. Welcome, everyone. This is Keith Arzeda, and welcome to our latest episode of Distressed Situations. Today, we're going to do something a little bit different. We are going to interview one of our own partners, Michael Venditto, on his thoughts regarding restructuring and his career. I think it's easy in today's work environment to pass by some of the more exciting is not the word I'm looking for, but some of the more interesting parts of the practice, including the ability to get to know really extraordinary people. And Michael Venditto is one of those people. So Michael, let's do a quick introduction. How long have you been practicing law and how long have you been at Reed Smith? Gee, I've been practicing law, Keith, for over 40 years. I joined Reed Smith in the beginning of 2008, just in time to catch the uh, last financial meltdown. And what did you do before that? I've been in practicing law in New York City since 1978. In fact, I started practicing bankruptcy law before there was a bankruptcy code. So I guess you would call me one of the old timers in this field. I've joined a firm right out of law school and uh, just sort of progressed my way through a series of mergers, winding up at Reed Smith in 2008. So let's say you're in an elevator and you've got 30 seconds to describe your practice. What do you say? I say that I am a uh, financial industry lawyer concentrating in the areas of insolvency, restructuring, and bankruptcy. And so the person you're you're talking to says, oh, that sounds interesting. (laughs) (laughs) They're a lot more interested, obviously, than my wife and kids would be. 100%. All right. So before we dive into the the real substance of, of the introduction of Michael Venditto, from a professional standpoint, let's talk about the important stuff. What do you do for fun? Fun. I restructure distressed businesses. I write non-consolidation opinions. What could be more fun than that, Keith? But when I'm not doing that, I do a lot of community work. Uh, I work a lot with the University of Notre Dame Alumni Club here in New York on various projects, including food drives. We do an annual event for new college students networking. And over the last 20 years or so, been working on a uh, 9-11 memorial annually each September. And before you ask, no, I did not go to the University of Notre Dame. All of my kids did and most of my money did. So they let me join the club. (laughs) That's excellent. Where did you go to school? Cornell. Okay. All right. So, you know, the the topic of this podcast is distressed situations. And I know you've done some episodes on healthcare. I've spent some time focusing on some gym concepts. We've talked about restaurants. What are some of the areas of distress that you're currently focusing on? You know, it's kind of interesting as, as we are emerging from the pandemic, 
a lot of the work that I've been doing lately has been more directed towards the front end. I have the sense that uh, there's been a lot of capital in the marketplace, which is helping businesses, which were facing problems to uh, sort of push those problems down the road in the hope that they can emerge from the pandemic and get themselves restarted. So I think uh, there's a lot of optimism in the marketplace right now. The things that I'm doing have been basically focused on recapitalizing businesses so that they can try and take their best shot at whatever the future holds. So let's talk about two factors and well, two facts, and then let me see if you can tie them together and give me your thoughts on it. The first is Chapter 11 filings are down 30% year over year at a time when if you had asked this question 12 months ago and said, filings in 2021, what do you think? I think it's fair to say most experts would have said 2021 is going to be a significant uptick in terms of Chapter 11 bankruptcy filings. Right. And the second thing is you talked about capital available in the market. And I think that's, there's no question that's true in the private equity firm business. There's lots of dry powder, but there was also a considerable amount of additional liquidity put into our economy through federal government stimulus programs, whether it's the PPP, small business loan programs. How do you think those tie together and what type of resolution do you see upcoming? You know, what's interesting is because the PPP program had built in the forgiveness, I think that we're going to see that it it had a very beneficial effect overall on the economy. When, When I think back to the beginning of the pandemic in late spring last year, I remember sitting in on a meeting of banks trying to decide what to do with a distressed business. And this was a particular business that was involved in the holiday area. They were one of the largest producers and sellers of costumes. And everybody was saying, well, there's not going to be a Halloween this year. Their sales are going to fall off the ledge. Uh, We should liquidate the business right now. The business had a little bit more optimism, and they were able to sell the business and repay the the lenders, much to the lenders' happiness and surprise. And I think what that demonstrates is that there are opportunities in this particular environment because of the availability of capital and people's sort of belief in the future. And if you put those things together, I think that we're going to see uh, a better result, particularly in the last half of 2021, than people would have expected a year ago. I have to say that I absolutely agree with you, Mike. Um, those are my feelings exactly. And I, I think I sort of asked that question in a loaded way, but I think we both got to the same result. So let me ask you one other question. This is more about your career and less about distress in general, but how did you make it to restructuring? Everybody that I speak to about the restructuring profession, those that are in it, have their own way that they got it, got to it. And I think it's a rare person that goes to 
law school or business school saying, when I'm done, I really want to work on troubled companies. How did you make it? You know, it's interesting because when I went to law school, there wasn't a course in bankruptcy in the curriculum. There was nothing close to it. There was creditor's rights was the closest thing that you could come. And I made a decision early on that I was not going to spend six months of my life in Article 9 of the UCC. So I didn't take that. And when I graduated law school, I wanted to be a litigator. My first opportunities uh, when I graduated were, one was with a small boutique litigation firm, and the other was uh, to do corporate law in a mid-sized New York firm. And I decided I wanted to be a litigator. I went to the boutique, and six months after I got there, the partner who had been handling a large Chapter 11 case left, and everybody looked around, and I was the youngest guy at the bottom of the totem pole, and they said, you're our bankruptcy guy now. And it sort of grew from there. So I I guess you would say I didn't so much find restructuring as restructuring found me. I'll tell it in a very abbreviated fashion, Mike, but my entry into restructuring was exactly the same. I went to a firm expecting to do medical malpractice defense. I showed up on day one. My office was full of boxes and I said, somebody needs to get rid of these boxes. They say bankruptcy on the side and it's a, it's a big real estate case in far West Wyoming. This is obviously in the wrong spot. Please move it. And they said, Sorry, Keith, your job description changed and get ready to become a bankruptcy lawyer. (laughs) I hope you had someone to at least show you what that meant. Yeah, I was very fortunate. There was an older partner that showed me the ropes and was quite a mentor in my life. Uh, It was was the best thing that could have happened to me for sure. All right. So let's, let's talk now about a couple of your favorite cases. You've been practicing 40 years. Let's talk about at least a couple. Well, you know, over the years, I've done a lot of different interesting things. I was involved with the cross-border Chapter 15 recognition of parallel schemes of arrangement in Hong Kong and the British Virgin Islands on behalf of a uh, foreign representative of a Chinese coal company. I handled the uh, Chapter 15 recognition in New York. I represented uh, an infrastructure fund in the financial restructuring of a couple of ocean freight terminals, one on the West Coast, one on the East Coast. Worked with a syndicate of lenders in an out-of-court restructuring on a fleet of Panamax container ships. Uh, Represented an indenture trustee in the Chapter 11 case of a Bahrain-based investment bank represented a a leasing subsidiary of one of the Chinese big four commercial banks in the foreclosure of uh, semi-submersible oil production platforms following the Brazilian bankruptcy of the operator Lessor. So those are some of the interesting ones. But if I had to put something at the top, I'd have to say it was the Lehman Brothers case. Uh, I represented an indenture trustee of more than 100 collateralized debt obligations in a variety of litigations in the Lehman case. But one of the most interesting days of my entire career was the first day hearing in the Lehman case where everybody in that courtroom was just on edge. Nobody knew 
what the next day was going to look like. Everybody was expecting a financial meltdown. And the coolest guy in the room there was a name you probably remember was Harvey Miller at Wild Gottschall, who said, I got this, Judge, and started the road for what now a 13-year Chapter 11 recovery, which has produced results probably beyond what most people had expected. So, Mike, I think it would be really interesting to people that have made it this far in this podcast to have you set the stage for what that first day hearing really looked like just from the standpoint of what was the courtroom like? What was the judge's demeanor? Who was in the courtroom? Was there an overflow courtroom? Where was this? You know, this took place in the uh, U.S. Bankruptcy Court down in Bowling Green. And there were a couple of courtrooms filled with lawyers. They set up a video for overflow courtrooms. And, And just in the hallway, there was an electricity like you couldn't believe. I remember seeing Tim Geithner come in, who at the time was the head of the Federal Reserve Bank. The Secretary of the Treasury was there, top officials from the SEC, and of course, virtually every large New York firm had partners there representing one group or another. And nobody, nobody knew what to expect. The hearing started about two o'clock in the afternoon. Judge Peck was the bankruptcy judge presiding over the case, and he was very, very aware of uh, what was happening. In fact, he said at the beginning of the hearing, the eyes of the world are upon us and what happens in this courtroom today. The hearing ended about two o'clock in the morning. There was a stampede of lawyers trying to get out of the building. And I remember, you know how slow the elevators are in that courthouse? So the lawyers all decided to stampede down the stairway through the uh, fire exit, setting off the alarms down five flights of stairs and out into the street so they could get some fresh air. So it was uh, quite a day. In fact, you know, one of my uh, colleagues had suggested, you know, Mike, we should write a book about Chapter 11. I said, oh, there's nothing anybody would really want to know about what we do for a living. And he he reminded me of that day. I'm still not convinced it's uh, worth a book, but it was an interesting day. I think it's hard to really imagine what that hearing must have been like for a lot of people that have never been to court. I've been to first day hearings that were hotly contested, including over the summer, going to the JCPenney first day hearings, actually on a Saturday because technology exists now so that you can attend remotely. But back in the days of Lehman, court was an in-person event only. uh, And being shoulder to shoulder with that many blue suits of men and women representing their clients, it's really an interesting environment. You know, the, the one interesting development of COVID has been the Zoom hearings. And I've been in so many of them. And in some ways, it is so much more efficient all the time you don't spend traveling back and forth to the courthouse and sitting around and and waiting. On the other hand, in bankruptcy, as every bankruptcy practitioner knows, so much of the work gets done in the hallway and not in the courtroom. The deals that can be worked out, 
uh, problems that can be solved. And in fact, the judges very often say, you guys go outside and work this out and let my clerk know when you're ready to come back. So that's one of those things that they do not teach you in law school. And one of the things that over the years, your experience tells you when is the right time to try and press an issue? When is the time to give up? What are the right parameters for a transaction? One of those things that, you know, there really is no ability to uh, sort of explain to anybody. It's sort of the sixth sense that you develop with your years of experience. Well, Mike, I want to thank you for your time today. And I want to say I'm proud to be your partner. Thank you. I hope everyone enjoys this as much as I have. Thanks, Keith. Look forward to spinning the table on you and asking you to spill your story. (laughs) We'll see. (laughs) Distressed Situations is a Reed Smith production. Our producer is Allie McArdle. For more information about Reed Smith's restructuring and insolvency practice, please email distressedsituations at reedsmith.com. You can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple, Google, Stitcher, reedsmith.com, and on our social media accounts at Reed Smith LLP on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. This podcast is provided for educational purposes. It does not constitute legal advice and is not intended to establish an attorney-client relationship, nor is it intended to suggest or establish standards of care applicable to particular lawyers in any given situation. Prior results do not guarantee a similar outcome. All rights reserved. 